Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good Monday morning, everybody. Should be a national holiday. The Monday after the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers. I get a prediction correct for once. I was in the Chiefs postgame locker room, a lot of cigar smoke, a lot of champagne, bottles popping, a lot of music, a lot of dancing, and really quite the development here with Patrick Mahomes securing a legacy victory. He improves to three and one in Super Bowls. And you think about the difference between three and one and two and two when it comes to asserting yourself as, you know, the next Tom Brady. Can you match Tom Brady? Can you, uh, you know, can you eclipse him when it comes to accomplishments as an NFL quarterback? And given how young he is, how much winning he's done, and now winning another MVP at another Super Bowl, I think standing there in the locker room, taking a picture of him and general manager Brett Veach throwing up the three with their fingers, it became clear to me, clear as day, if it wasn't already, that not only is he one of the greatest all time at his young age, but Mahomes, as he said, is just getting started when it comes to being paired with one of the better coaches of all time, a lot of talent on the roster. And this is probably the worst version of the Chiefs we're going to see. It certainly is the worst version of the Chiefs we've seen to this point. So I wanted to bring you my reaction from the ground here in Las Vegas on the Talking Ball with Pat Leonard podcast and live chat here on YouTube. I see Hunter Keller, a loyal fan and participant, says, good afternoon, Pat. Just saw Bobby Johnson staying in division. So Hunter talking about the Giants offensive line coach who was fired, actually gets hired now in Washington by Dan Quinn who, of course, clearly has some respect for Bobby going up against him, beating the Giants pretty badly this year, but still hires Bobby as his offensive line coach. So clearly Dan Quinn not putting all of the Giants offensive line problems on Bobby's shoulders if he makes this hire. That is, that's my rapid reaction to that hiring from a standpoint of, uh, you know, Bobby being scapegoated for not properly developing the offensive linemen in New York. Certainly you can make critical comments about uh, the work that anybody did associated with the giants this past season. Um, You know, for example, I think the way that Evan Neal ended up going to a different specialist to set differently, um, you know, after his rookie season, when he was doing some of those fire sets kind of leaning and that top heavy player that Evan Neal is, wasn't benefiting him at all. So, um, you know, I think there's something to be said for being critical, obviously, of work that a coach like Johnson did. But I think the personnel is the bigger issue there um, with the Giants offensive line. And I think bringing it back to the Super Bowl, you know, the Chiefs offensive line was not winning their matchups against the Niners defensive front in this game. And yet they still win. Why? Well, because they have a quarterback who makes all the plays in the key moments, who doesn't make the big mistakes in the key moments. And, you know, some insight from inside the locker room. I spoke with Brett Veach, the general manager, 
And I asked him, why is Mahomes pulse so steady? And why is he so much even better in the critical moments than he would be like, say in the first quarter of these games. And he said that, you know, it's basically like any great player, like when the lights are brightest, they play their best. Um, But he said, you know, there's an air of confidence in the chiefs like that when Kyle Shanahan and the Niners kicked the field goal on their first drive of overtime, they knew that we were going to go down and score and win the game. And that's exactly what Mahomes did. And, you know, they weren't perfect, right? They had the Pacheco fumble, uh, Mahomes threw an interception and Nick Bolton even dropped uh, a chance to intercept the ball early in overtime, which pretty much would have ended the game right then and there. Um, So the Chiefs definitely missed some opportunities. Uh, But when you have a player like that, it's the ultimate eraser. And the fact is no one in the NFL has really been able to figure this out. Um, It's it's almost like despite, let's say, a strong game plan from Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes, they still have to account for the the next level performance of a guy like Mahomes and the fact that you can only prepare so much for it. Um, and then you just have to sit back and watch. And and really, I mean, I would say you'd have to outscore him, but the Philadelphia Eagles looked like they were doing that last year. And then Mahomes found another way to win, right? So fascinating stuff. I uh, want to tell you guys about Bet Online, and then we'll get into some more questions. The big game is finally here. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of playoff Player performance props with dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports events, politics, and entertainment. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime from desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to step, stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Doug Analytics joins the chat, says, Pat, what are your thoughts on the new overtime rules? What would you have done as San Francisco winning the coin toss? Yeah, Doug, I think I would have deferred. Um, you know, with the new overtime rules that both teams are going to touch the ball unless one of the teams, um, you know, turns it over or scores a defensive touchdown. And, you know, I think the Niners normally defer in regulation situations. In this case, you can make a case for a couple different things. Number one, Doug, uh, you know, if you give the Chiefs the ball first and they go down and score, do you want Brock Purdy in the pressure situation of being down driving to try to win the game and take the lead but with the fallout of um on the back end you know failing in that case or based on what the Niners have been throughout this season more often they're a team that is gets out in front and stays out in front and even though they lost the lead in this game and the Chiefs roared back and took the lead in the third quarter I think um, the way Kyle Shanahan's thinking there is this is our identity. Our our identity is to take the ball, go get points, keep our foot on the gas and um, overpower them with physicality and with talent. And, uh, you know, I thought Purdy played pretty well. I mean, he made a, you know, he made like a handful of plays, like four or five really, really nice plays. A lot of them involved using his legs to extend the play and then, either running or throwing it out like he did to Christian McCaffrey there um, in overtime, getting McCaffrey up the left sideline. That was a huge play and a really, really nice play and tough play by the Niners quarterback. Uh, But, but Doug, I think, 
you have to play the guy across from you, right? Like if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're not only thinking about your own game, you're thinking about the opponent. And earlier in the game, when Kyle Shanahan went for that fourth down and they got it on the pass to Kittle, and then they scored the touchdown on the pass from Purdy to Jennings. To me, that reflected that Kyle Shanahan understood we're going to need touchdowns to beat Patrick Mahomes in this game. Even though we had the Chiefs offenses number in the first half, even though it's been a low scoring game, he knew that. And so I almost think taking the ball is one thing, but then when you come down on fourth and four there and you have a chance to kick the field goal in the first drive of overtime, that's also a hard one because you're playing the guy across from you. And so if the Chiefs know, if the Chiefs are sitting up there in the box and GM Brett Veach is saying to himself and talking to ownership and everything, and they're like, well, if they kick a field goal here, like we're going to go down and score a touchdown and win the game. We have Patrick Mahomes. Like that's how confident they are. Obviously something else could happen. But so if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you go for that fourth down there? Like if you had it back, would you go for it? I know it's overtime. You want the points, you want the lead, but what do you do? Um, you know, because, and, but that's what Mahomes does. That's what this chiefs team does. It puts you in these impossible situations. That is an impossible decision there. Um, you know, you, you think about how the Niners played the Chiefs in the um, in the last drive of regulation. They went back into a shell and were giving the Chiefs a lot underneath. And it was, you know, I, I kind of looked at um, people near me and I said, are they giving them a field goal here? But it was also playing the guy across from you, you know, playing, um, playing Patrick Mahomes and knowing that, well, he might get a field goal, but he's going to beat us if we take a chance. But Doug, yeah, the the coin toss. I think, I think the the fact that the Niners players, some of them, are articulating that they were not aware of how the rules worked in that regard in overtime, and the Chiefs players are saying how prepared they were, um, you know, doesn't reflect well for San Francisco. And um, I think though, what it boils down to is. You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs offense were in a position where when they had to make a big play, they were going to make it. You saw it, Mahomes to Kelsey down the stretch in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about the diva tight end in a minute. Um, but, yeah, Doug, I think if Kyle Shanahan could ha have it back, he would he would defer in overtime. It It feels that way to me. Hunter says it makes no sense that Bobby Johnson is going to Washington. The line stinks too. But no, like I said, I mean, clearly they have a different opinion of how he can help them and develop them than the Giants do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have hired him. Jim Osborne says, hi, Pat. Wondering how Eric Bieniemy is feeling this morning. Um, in what regard, Jim? You mean the fact that uh, the Chiefs have now won without him as well or uh, the fact that he's kind of gotten uh, – screwed in Washington. Um, I think you're referring to the Chiefs winning and him not being a part of it here. But, you know, Mike Kafka had a good influence on the Chiefs, and now he's with the Giants and the Chiefs are still winning. And Eric Bieniemy had a good influence on them, and now he's not here and the Chiefs are still winning. I mean, it's the common thread is a strong defense, Steve Spagnuolo, Andy Reid, but at the center of it all is Patrick Mahomes, and that's just the bottom line. Um, Hunter says, why is Steve Spagnuolo not running a team starting today? Four rings as a defensive coordinator is crazy. <coughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, while the NFL 
is obsessed, <coughs> excuse me, with the new young up and com- coming offensive coach. And um, you can go cheaper when you hire younger coaches typically. And so that's what we're seeing a little bit of that. Both of those things, <coughs> excuse me, been a, been a week in Vegas, let me tell you. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes too, you know, you see this with a guy like Pat Shermer, um, you know, Spagnolo may be another example of coaches who are really good coordinators and doesn't work out as a, as a head coach, but that's okay. Like you're a really good head coach. Like Wink Martindale is a good example of that right now. He's a guy who really wanted to be a head coach. He made that clear when he came to New York, et cetera. Got some interviews, didn't get the job. Now he's in college as a DC. Is he going to be a head coach one day? Right. He's, he's a veteran coach. He's an older coach. You know, those are the things where you look at it and you say, okay, well, this was one of the dreams. Maybe it's not going to happen and maybe it should have happened right for Steve Spagnuolo and all these, these coaches I'm talking about. Uh, like like Martindale, et cetera, or even with Shermer, he gets his chance, you know, with the Giants. But it's okay to have a career where you're an excellent coordinator, right? And maybe that is, for lack of a better term, your ceiling, but also like your your greatest value to a football team. Um, but I do think that Steve Spagnuolo should be – his career and accomplishments, in my opinion, should be enshrined in Canton in some way. Um, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because of all he's done from his Giants time to now this run with the Chiefs. And the fact that, to be honest, <coughs> his uh, his Chiefs defense led them on this run here, right, capped by the work of him and the defense and Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones with a 21% pressure, uh, pressure rate in this game, absolutely dominant. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Jones – um, with his contract and what the Chiefs do there because he's such a huge part of what they do and really wrecked the game. Um, you know, Purdy misses that touchdown pass to Debo Samuel. I still think even with Jones pressuring him there, that's got to be a throw you hit. Um, but, you know, that's just um, – the you not only do you leave him unblocked at points, but also Jones has just proven again and again that he is a premier primetime player. Uh, Chiefs offense, Hunter says, was way better with Eric. That's the crazy thing. Could just be because they had Tyreek Hill. I don't know. Yeah. Doug says, if Devin Hester can get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think Spags is a good case. Yeah, and it's funny with coaches, though, Doug. Like, I was looking at it. You know, there's a handful of – there's, like, 20-some head coaches in, but coordinators aren't like elected as coordinators typically because I think it's reserved for coaches who rise up the ranks, become head coaches and win. And so, you know, but you have like Bill Belichick's Super Bowl game plan against the Bills in there that's memorialized in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and displayed. And so, you know, I think at the very least, Spagnolo's uh, accomplishments need to be kind of uh, honored in, in some way in that way. Maybe, maybe you could do it like for this run. I mean, Kansas City beating the Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, and Niners to win the Super Bowl. Are we kidding? Jim says George Kittle gets a lot of hype. Perhaps he's a great blocker, but can't compare him to Kelsey as an offensive force. I've never seen tight ends get open like Kelsey does. Your thoughts? No, Jim, I under, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think George Kittle, uh, you know, 
good receipt, good, uh, an excellent run blocking tight end who became a really good receiver off of that. And also is tough as nails, right? Real a character player, character guy as well. Um, but he's not the athlete that Travis Kelsey is, you know, and Kelsey is basically a wide receiver in the chiefs offense, right? Like we call him a tight end, but he's basically a wide receiver, but no, yeah, I agree. I think, um, Kittle used to be more productive as a receiver than he is now as well. Um, and their offense has evolved. He's gotten up there in years. Good player, but certainly not the offensive threat as a receiver that people you know, know him as and think of him as. I think you make a good point there. Um, wanted to hit on Travis Kelsey for a minute. I see another question about Kadarius. Tony, I will get to that and tell you guys about my experience in the locker room. Um. And I'm going to write this for the Daily News probably tomorrow. Travis Kelsey is a diva receiver, right? Like you accost your head coach on the sidelines and nearly knock him over out of frustration. Like, you know, I agree with what A.J. Brown said about like if I did that, people would be freaking out. Like, you know, for good reason, like when Odell Beckham was, you know, punching a kicking net and throwing his helmet and that kind of stuff, like there were – Everybody, including myself, saying, what's going on here? This is crazy behavior. This is detrimental. It's diva stuff, like that kind of thing for any of anybody who, you know, there's throw me the damn ball, Keyshawn Johnson. You could go on and on. And Travis Kelsey shoves Andy Reid, nearly knocks him over, like, uh, you know, borderline like attack on the sidelines. And CBS talks about it once, glosses over it, really doesn't come back to it. And then a lot of people covering the game and even in the post games, just, you know, people covering the chiefs, there just wasn't a lot of time spent on it. Um, I thought listening to Andy Reed, it sounded like to me, he was saying, you know, he, that he said something back to Kelsey at some point, probably read him the riot act and told him, you know, who reminded him who the boss was. But I just think it's so disingenuous that I know they won and the Travis and Taylor stuff and all that. Yeah. Great story. But you know, that's not okay. What Kelsey did to Andy Reed. And if it was anybody else, including a guy like Kadarius, Tony, people would be calling him a diva and saying he's a distraction and it's bad for the team. So, you know, it's not fair to say, to say that it's fine if it's just him and you could say, Oh, well, he's a productive and good player, but you know, like a guy like Odo Beckham was too. He was, you know, basically the best player on the team when he was doing this stuff in New York. So, um, so Hunter asked about, did I see Kadarius Tony last night? Yes, um, said hi to him, uh, congratulated him. He declined an interview. And basically, as he was declining it, he was on Instagram Live. <laughs> so uh, doing his own thing. So bringing his message directly to the people and declining comment, that was Kadarius. But the Chiefs locker room was amazing. Like You could go to my social media on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and X – and see, I have videos and color from inside the locker room where there was cigar smoke everywhere. They were popping champagne bottles. The Chiefs players, a couple of them mentioned how funny it was that they were celebrating in the Raiders locker room and um, basically say, you know, like, hey, let's uh, let's spray this champagne all over the place and and muck it up. This is our division rival, you know, like this isn't even our spot. This is a team that hates us. Um so there was, that was definitely an interesting part of it. Uh, Spagnolo was hugging Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and Beach throwing up the three. Um, you know, Richie James with the goggles on with uh, 
the champagne, as you mentioned uh, there, Hunter, you know, a former uh, giant, um, a guy the Giants did not bring back who proved reliable for Kansas City. And, um, yeah, right, if a normal player had done what Travis Kelsey did, they wouldn't come out of the locker room after half. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the atmosphere in the Chiefs locker room was one of – supreme confidence that this is where they belonged and this is where they intend to be back at in future years, which is amazing. Um, Conversely, the San Francisco 49ers were absolutely devastated. I saw Mike Shanahan, um, the, uh, you know, the longtime storied coach and the father of Kyle Shanahan sitting outside the locker room consoling Jawan Jennings, the wide receiver for the Niners, who nearly won a Super Bowl MVP with a touchdown pass, a touchdown catch, and running a route that drew a holding call on the Chiefs, or was it McDuffie, I think, that led to a first down, kept that drive alive for the Niners late. Um, He really was the difference maker for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, McCaffrey had um, 60 total yards and a touchdown. Um, but, um, you know, Jawan Jennings, really impressive, crazy that you have Purdy, a seventh round pick and Jawan Jennings, a seventh round pick being, uh, two of your key players in a game where you're almost winning the Super Bowl. So everybody talks about how talented the Niners are and they are, but just remember talent can come from anywhere. Uh, think about Patrick Mahomes coming from Texas tech and people like can't fit him into any kind of box during the evaluation because he's so unique. He's a unicorn, you know? Uh, ben McAdoo gets constant credit for being one of the few people outside Kansas City who saw it because most people didn't see it, right? So, um, you know, great players come in all rounds, shapes, sizes, and, um, you know, the Chiefs, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they deserve credit for surrounding Patrick Mahomes with the right players, but also recognizing, like with a Mecole Hardman, Last year, it was Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore catching those touchdowns. This year, those guys can't prove reliable, so they go get bring Michael Harbin back. And, yes, he fumbles in the playoffs, but now he's the guy who catches the winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, right? And it reminds you a lot of, like, Tom Brady, you know, um, just, like, replace Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, these guys. I mean, you know, good players, but it just always felt like, Outside of Randy Moss, it was like, oh, my God, they, they never get Tom Brady a number one wide receiver, a star wide receiver. How are they going to win? Right. And you had Rob Gronkowski, obviously, Hernandez for a little time there. But um, the bottom line is <clears throat> great quarterbacks are great quarterbacks. And um, most people don't have one like Mahomes. And that's why we keep seeing the same result. Uh, John Feliciano got hurt. The, um, we did not get an official update on that. Pat, the $64,000 question that Shanahan has to ask himself and his staff is how they can improve to beat Mahomes next season because it's Mahomes that's the difference. So what to do? Yeah, Jim, I think I think the Niners in the first half, they had the answer, which was their pass rush winning against the Chiefs offensive front. And so when people say the Niners' talent can overwhelm an opponent, it starts there with their defensive line as long as as well as their weapons on offense but to me if you're the niners 
you know, Purdy didn't play the kind of football in this game that makes you say he can't do it. But there were obvious limitations on him once Spagnolo and the Chiefs adjusted, started blitzing more and getting in his face, sending the corners there, batting down passes, had several batted down in the second half um, and down the stretch of the game. So I think eventually you need that quarterback play to continue to elevate, especially because what will the talent continue to look like in San Fran around you? You have to continue to restock the offensive line. Um, McCaffrey is getting up there in years, right? And um, it's going to be tough for San Francisco because McCaffrey is the – he's the engine of the offense. And there's a lot of miles on those tires. And, uh, you know, not that he's not that he's shown any signs of slowing down, but Christian McCaffrey is 27 years old, you know, um, for a running back, of course, that means more than the average player, right? That age. Um, but to my point, you can't necessarily rely on your team being stacked throughout for the long term and then surviving with a quarterback who is making some plays but not changing the game as frequently as the guy across from you. Now, Purdy had an excellent year. Like, again, made some plays in the Super Bowl. But, Jim, I think your question is a really good one. With Patrick Mahomes, you know, even if you're the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen trying to put the team on your back, even if you're Lamar Jackson who won MVP, um, even if you're Tua Tagovailoa who ran one of the highest-powered offenses in the NFL – it all comes down to you're not making the plays in the clutch, right? That Mahomes is making. And also, like, you know, it comes in different ways. Like Mahomes, he was so disciplined and efficient through the playoffs. Like a lot of these playoffs was their defense doing a lot of the work. And then Mahomes and the Kansas City offense just stayed patient. And when they had an opportunity to strike, they attacked and hit touchdowns, right? especially a lot of opening drive touchdowns. They did not do that in the Super Bowl, and then they end up pivoting and finding another way. And, um, you know, I think, Jim, Jim, nobody in the league knows the answer to your question, or they would have figured it out already as far as how to counter, um, counter Mahomes. But certainly the way that the Niners' defensive front was wrecking the game early and even like in the, what was it, the last drive of regulation, I think, like Ark Armstead gets to Patrick Mahomes and brings him down with the clock, you know, kind of dwindling, put some pressure on the Chiefs there. Like they were making some plays. And I think that pass rush sustaining itself um, is really the only answer we've seen throughout the history of recent history of the NFL. You think of the Giants beating Brady and knocking off the undefeated Patriots. Um you know, you got to get to the quarterback and you look at the other side with Spagnolo getting to Brock Purdy late. Doug says, what do you make of Tony Romo deteriorating as a broadcaster? Doug, I think a big thing is that I think Romo sees the game really well. And so when he calls out what he thinks is going to happen, like when he predicts, I actually like that when he throws out predictions, 
um, about what's coming next based on his read of the field and the, um, let's say the personnel and certain motions. And, you know, like he made a good comment yesterday about, um, I think the Niners spread out and empty and the Chiefs defense adjusted and they showed man to man on Christian McCaffrey out wide with, I think, one of the linebackers. And then Shanahan still called timeout. And Tony Romo said right away, he goes, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you calling timeout? You had your matchup. Though I think that's good stuff. You know, um, from what I heard, because I had like the headphone in listening to the broadcast as I was also watching live. So I'm sure there were some things I missed. I know there were some instances where he kind of sounded like he was rambling a little bit. But I also thought um, down the stretch of the game, I did think he was kind of dialed into the details, but, and this is something I continue to do, like some reporting on and talking to people, but, you know, I think at a certain point, Romo was clearly told years ago to stop like telling everybody what was going to happen on the next play. Every play uh, is my, is my feeling because he morphed from doing that into, um, into kind of being very general and just excited. And I know I've seen some people report that it's due to a lack of homework he's put in or the fact that he's been out of the league longer. But um, I don't know personally about his work ethic there. I do know, obviously, he's got the golf and, you know, but I mean, he's paid a lot of money to do this. I find it hard to believe that Romo doesn't prepare for this, doesn't talk to people in the league. Um, and you know, I don't think he was a flop yesterday from what I, from what I heard in some of the key moments, but, um, from, from my, from my perspective, it was, um, so Doug says his rambling on the last play was unfortunate for Nance's call. Oh, are you talking about his rambling? Like right at the beginning, like as they were about to snap the ball. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty weird. That was, yeah, that was pretty weird. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Doug. Right, yeah. Yeah, I get, I agree with that. About 75% of the game, Roman was pretty good, but had some had some goofy moments for sure. Um, Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I can't tell you guys how thrilled I am to be at the Super Bowl. This is my third straight in person. Um, I was in Miami, but not, I didn't stay for the game uh, four years ago. So it's really been a rewarding experience to be here. Las Vegas has done a fantastic job. It is a big events town, a larger than life town. So it's perfect for the Super Bowl. Um, some shout outs. The taste of the NFL event was a phenomenal event on Saturday. Um, can't give the NFL and uh, all of the vendors who participated and all the former players who attended enough credit. Uh, it was great to see Kyle Rudolph at that event as well, um, working with Gen Youth. And that was really a fantastic, um, a, a fantastic event that it's pricey for the public. But I, I can tell you, if you if you have the coin to spend on it at Super Bowl week, it is worth it. Um, I did not make any money at the casinos. Um, you know, I came here for work, Doug. I came here for work. Um, and. Yeah, no, it's funny. You say hopefully the Giants fix themselves and get, and I can be in their locker room for a celebration. And 
I was actually thinking about that yesterday while I'm in the Chiefs locker room because the way they set it up, the post-game interview rooms are in these tents outside the stadium that they're not close to the locker room. So you end up having to make a decision about where you're going to be. And I need to, I want to be in the locker room and feel what the locker room is. And if, if you're covering the team, right? Like I would have to hear what the head coach of the giants had to say and the quarterback and all that at the podium, right? Because the league now handles it. It's organized that way. So I'd have to be over there and would probably miss a lot of the locker room. Now, obviously you'd end up having a team of reporters doing that, but um, I was just thinking to myself, man, this would be really tough if I was covering a team right now. I mean, you know, I would love for that to happen, have that problem. But in the logistics of how we do our jobs, it just felt like if I were one of the Chiefs writers, I'd be feeling like I needed to be everywhere all at once. And I feel like I was always missing something. Um, but I think that one of the lasting images I have from the locker room last night is Isaiah Pacheco dancing in with the Puerto Rican flag around his neck. Uh, hanging down, draped like a cape, smoking cigars, dancing, taking pictures. I'll post some more photos on Instagram um, of the celebration and of kind of the scenes that were. Uh, but, you know, Mahomes and Brett Veach throwing up their threes like this uh, really stood out to me because it was the confidence. It was the pride that they've done it but the lack of surprise that they've done it in their eyes and the fact that they intend to get more all at once in one photo. And um, that really impressed me. Wanted to give a shout out to Benny Fowler, who did our Super Bowl prediction podcast again and again, uh, threw out a name of a player he thought was going to be a big factor. Last year, he said it was going to be Kadarius Tony. This year, he had some different uh, names he threw out that he thought would pop. Miko Hardman was a guy, though, that he mentioned – um, as somebody to keep an eye out for as like a kind of a lesser, you know, thought of or supporting role player who could step up in the limelight and make a play. And sure enough, Nicole makes the game winning uh, touchdown pass there. Um, you know, fantastic week here, though. Uh, the Believe Network, you know, they had a table out on Radio Row. We we did a podcast there. It was fantastic. Um you know, Bron and Eric and uh, and Joe and all the guys and all the team from Believe. Um, it was a great week. It was a great experience here. Um, I'm excited for New Orleans next year and what we can turn that into and how this can continue to grow here. Because this Talking Ball podcast here, we're taking off. You know, we're we're Giants heavy. We're Giants based, but we're we have a national reach. We have a national scope. We've already had guests like Sal Palantonio, Barry Sanders, you know, Chris Candy. Uh, you name it, we're rolling through. We're going to have a huge lineup of people for the NFL draft. Um, hoping to get Trevor Sikama on the program, Greg Cosell, Emery Hunt, Tony Pauline, um, you know, and, and more. Um, we're going to unpack what it means for the Giants with the quarterbacks in the draft. We're going to talk about uh, league-wide trends. We're going to break some news. We're going to continue to do all of this here on the Talking Ball live chats, noon, Mondays, and 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and also on the Talking Ball podcast with Pat Leonard on the YouTube page at PL on NFL. Guys, remember we are sponsored by Bet Online and also by Estate 98 Coffee. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Estate 98 Coffee is an Essencia de Cafe from El Salvador. It dates back to 1798. Takes five seconds to make an iced coffee or a hot coffee with it. Can't recommend it enough. Um, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, I think I would sum up this way that, well, if you're a Giants fan, one thing to learn is, the, and if you're any other team's fan, one thing to learn is you got to go get a quarterback, right? There's quarterbacks and then there's QBs like Patrick Mahomes. Not that you're going to get the next Patrick Mahomes, but you got to keep searching for it. If not, you're going to end up with a new job. And from a national perspective, you have Patrick Mahomes, you know, pushing towards Tom Brady territory if he continues on this pace. You have uh, the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift story culminating in a championship, while Kelsey also does himself no favors publicly by accosting and nearly attacking his head coach on the sideline. You have the San Francisco 49ers devastated. Like, could hear a pin drop in the locker room. Can they actually get back here? You'd think they can based on their talent. But this one's going to hurt for a while. But for 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 me here in Las Vegas, um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for you guys listening. And I can't wait for our next live chat on Thursday, our next podcast later this week. <coughs> and... Um, more content to come in the New York Daily News uh, from me. And if you don't already, subscribe to the page. Subscribe to uh, the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And we will see you there. Jim is going to close us out here. And Hunter, I'm going to answer two more questions and we'll get out of here. Hunter says, have you seen the comparison of stats between the two Brady and Mahomes first seven years? Yes. Yes, and Mahomes is just, you know, no one thought they would see this kind of pace again early on. Jim says, when I see the quality of the coaching at the top in these playoff teams, I really begin to wonder if Dable is up to that challenge or can put a real good staff together. He's under pressure now. Jim, I think that's a really good point. Um, there's a very good chance the Giants will be looking for a net next their next head coach, you know, in 2025. A um, lot of pressure on Brian Dable and this new staff. And to your point, there's treading water. There's Then there's winning and proving that you belong on a certain level. And, of course, this year the Giants did neither of those things. They slid back into the league's basement, not just the conference's basement. So very disappointing. Um, for this coming Thursday, um, so what would that be, the 15th? Just so you guys know, not going to do a live chat this coming Thursday um, on the 15th because I'm traveling, visiting some family. I'm going to take a quick break there, but we will come right back in on Monday the 19th with a noon live chat. And that will be ro rolling right into the franchise tag uh, window beginning to open more Saquon Barkley talk, more Daniel Jones and quarterback talk, more NFL draft talk leading into the NFL combine where we're going to be excited to talk to the GMs, talk to the coaches, see the quarterbacks throw. 
and work the behind the scenes. This has been Pat Leonard for the Daily News and the Believe Network on the Talking Ball with Pat Leonard podcast and live chat. Um, Hunter, Doug, Jim, all you guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being so loyal, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.